Hey, guess what, everybody? The Oakland A's are the hottest team in baseball. No, really. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You don't believe me? There's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. This is my fifth season here with the Locked On Podcast Network. And, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Lots of stuff to talk about, including the Red Hot A's. Jason Burke from Locked On A's will be on segments two and three talking about why they're suddenly so good and what the heck is going on? Are they going to Vegas? Are they not? I don't know. Neither do you. All right, let's go over the trivia question. Who was the only player other than Ricky Henderson to lead the American League in stolen bases between 1980 and 1991? A few of you came up with the right answer. Uh, I'm going to go with someone who hasn't been mentioned yet, uh, and that is Jack Waters at H2O at Tree. On Twitter, he told it was Harold Reynolds. A couple of you who have already been mentioned also said it, but I'm going to give Jack Waters a little shout out there. So good job. It was indeed Harold Reynolds because Ricky Henderson was injured in 1987. Crazy day of baseball. Um, let's go over just some of the things that happened on Monday night. Uh, the Braves, the best team in the National League, right? They had a huge lead. It was a four. It was, they were up 5-1 late against the lowly Detroit Tigers, but because nothing makes sense anymore, the Tigers rallied for three runs in the bottom of the ninth, and Torkelson hit a walk-off home run in the 10th, or walk-off single in the 10th, I'm sorry, and the Tigers, who couldn't do anything right, came back against the team that for a while looked like were running away with the National League. And because they lost, and the Diamondbacks played one of the weirdest games you'll ever see, and won... That means, as of this recording, on recording this on the 12th of June, the Diamondbacks are the best team in the National League. They played Philadelphia in a weird back-and-forth game. Phillies were up 5-1. to one, uh, And uh, the uh, Tori Lavola, the, the, the manager of the Diamondbacks, got ejected because of all the hit-by-pitches going on. And JT Riomuto of the Phillies hit for the freaking cycle. For the first time since George Kataris in 2011 did it with the Brewers. He's the first catcher to hit for the cycle in over a decade. And he did it in a losing cause. And uh, Roger Clemens' son, whose name starts with K, Kobe, Corey, Keetle, Keetle, I don't remember. It's just a K. uh, Hit what looked like to be a go-ahead home run with two outs of the ninth. It was first called a home run. Then it was called foul. Then they reviewed it. It was still foul. Diamondbacks won that game 9-8, to eight, weird game going on there, and the Diamondbacks have the best record in the National League. Um, 
the Rangers are in first place in the AL West. It looked like they were going to take, you know, short order to bomb out the Angels. And Shohei Otani hit two home runs, and the Angels won a four-run rally in extra innings, and they wound up beating the Rangers 9-6. to six. The Red Sox and the Rockies played a weird game in the rain, um, and Daniel Bard came back to Boston after many, many years of being out of baseball, got the win in relief, and Colorado won that one four to three. Uh, the there are other games. There's the the Mariners blew the roof off of the Marlins in their game, and a strange, weird, wonderful game that just shows you that baseball is the greatest game of them all. All due respect to the NBA, congratulations to the world, the world champion Denver Nuggets. Fine, hope you have fun. But no game can compete with baseball in terms of finding a hero you're not expecting and throwing them in the center. The Reds and Royals, the Reds who are still have a losing record but are filling their team with young players in their farm system, the latest player to come up from the farm was a guy who was actually had an ERA over nine in AAA, but had great stuff. Ricky Karcher. The Reds used every single pitcher short of Mario Soto in the game against the Kansas City Royals. And when it went into extra innings, they had a 5-4 lead. They had to turn to Ricky Karcher, not Randy Karcher, sorry, Ricky Karcher, who made his major league debut in a save situation. And because we got the stupid Manfred rules, starting with a runner in scoring position. And the first few pitches he threw were right out of Nuclelouche in Bull Durham. In fact, one of the few strikes he got was because he threw it high and tight, and the poor batter, I think I think it was Bobby Wood Jr., I don't remember who was on the Royals, may have been Freddie Patek, uh, basically held the bat up as self-defense and ricocheted off the bat. Balls were going all over creation. However... A pitch clock violation from the batter gave him a moment to gather his thoughts. And he came back and he got the last three outs. And Ricky Karcher made his big league debut and earned the save. And it was just so much fun because he was so wild and so out of control and yet held on. And the the Reds who were there were so thrilled for him. They were all lined up watching him do the interview where he said, Holy, and something that rhymes with spit in the middle of his interview. He wasn't the most eloquent interview. I know we're making the nuclear Lelouch comparisons from Bull Durham. He didn't learn the Crash Davis interview techniques that nuclear Lelouch learned in that movie. But it was the first time since the 1930s that a pitcher earned a save in their big league debut. How long ago was that? The save wasn't even an official stat back then. But it seems like everyone the Reds are bringing up is making the team a little bit better. So Ricky Karcher was the feel-good story. And the weirdest story of all is going on in Oakland. The A's were facing a gauntlet with the first-place Pirates, the first-place Brewers, and now the best team in baseball, the Rays. So naturally, a team that people were wondering were going to lose 130 games maybe, are on a six-game winning streak against really good teams. And today, the A's went up against the Tampa Bay Rays, say it with me, the best team in baseball, and they got uh, Kapirian pitched well, 
Waldachuk got the save. This was no cheap save. He threw the final three innings of a one-run game against the best team in baseball and got the save. And with that, the A's, look at, are they still in last place? Yeah. Are they still probably going to lose 100 games? Probably. But guess what? The, they're only like a game or so behind Kansas City. So this notion that they were going to be one of the worst teams in the history of baseball, they may not even be the worst team this year. And all the people who circled the A's on the calendar saying, oh, that's an easy win, that's an easy win, has been an easy win so far. And this is exactly why I thought they were going to be better than I, they, people were prognosticating at the beginning of the year. I said there's going to be a bunch of games where people think, oh, here comes an easy win that the A's are going to take. If you don't believe me, ask Pittsburgh. You don't believe Pittsburgh, ask Milwaukee. You don't ask, don't want to believe Milwaukee, ask Tampa Bay. All the A's have to do is split the next two games at home, and they would have faced the gauntlet of Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, and Tampa Bay and walked out winning all those series. The A's are a strange bunch, and we don't even know where the hell they're going to play. Now, Jason Burke of Lockdown A's is stopping by for the final two segments of today. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that they're playing better and the fact that, well, you know what? We don't know where they're going. And there may be some cracks in the armor for the, you know, inevitable move to Las Vegas. But do you know what? If you're an A's fan, get tickets. Buy tickets. There's going to be a reverse boycott coming on soon. Jason's going to describe that, which means lots of A's fans are going to be buying tickets. If you're going to buy tickets, may I recommend you use game time. You know, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be a stressful thing. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer last-minute deals and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're going to have. they got flash deals. they got last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event, and you get images of seat views with the lowest price guaranteed. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And you can get the images of your seat before you buy. Buy in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent to your phone, so you don't have to fumble around for those emails. So snag the ticket without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I've been teasing this episode for a couple of days now because – Jason Burke and I have been playing a little bit of direct message <laughs> tag back and forth. Uh, but you know what? Unfortunately, some of the stuff we we're going to be talking about are a little bit evergreen. But Jason Burke, welcome back to the show, the great host of Locked On A's. Thanks for finally locking me down, Sully. Uh, we are finally in the same place at the same time and get to talk about uh, some some fun, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, by the way, um, we're just full disclosure, we're recording this on Sunday, and I don't get a chance to say this much. I don't know what's going to happen on Monday. Do the A's play on Monday or no? They do. Um, uh, they got four games coming up against uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. Well, I want to say this. This may not be the case by the time this drops, 
But while we're recording this, I want to be able to say that as we're recording this, Mm -hmm. the Oakland A's are the hottest team in the American League. Damn straight. Uh, They're they're still searching for win number 20, but they are pulling up real fast on the Kansas City Royals right now. I believe it's one game back of the Royals for the second worst record in baseball. Just, I don't know, a week ago, the A's were flirting with the Cleveland Spiders territory, and now they might not even be the worst team this year. So uh, things are growing great. Do you know what the funny thing is? At the beginning of the year, um, the the our friends over <laughs> at Locked On Angels almost crawled through my screen like the girl in the ring <laughs> to uh, clobber me when I said that I think the A's were going to be better than the Angels. <clears throat> now, I, I I admit saying that was an act of madness. However, my reasoning behind it, I did not think the A's were going to be a good team. But I said there was going to be a bunch of times during this year that teams are going to look at the A's on the schedule, say, well, there's three easy wins there, take them lightly, and walk away going, how the hell did we lose that series to the A's? And we've seen when the calendar page turned to June, they have become the team that I thought they were going to be, which is not a good team, but pesky, getting hits when you need, when they need be taking first to third when need be, and winning games that make the other side go, we lost? (laughs) That's exactly it, yes. And you were for the first third of the year when they were on pace to somehow lose 170 out of 162 (laughs) games. There were a bunch of games. Okay, there's a bunch of games where they just had the doors blown off the dump. But there were also a bunch of games where they lost in extra innings mm-hmm. or there was a there was a bullpen meltdown that I remember thinking, you know, if a thing bounced here or there, they could have won a game or two in that series. And so they are becoming now the team I thought, you know, I thought they were gonna be. So here here's the fun thing. They've played most of the teams in the NL Central right now. I don't think they've played the Cardinals yet. That's the one team, but uh, yeah. they lost two out of three to the Reds. One of those losses was a, a game where uh, there was a drive down the first baseline. It hit first base, shot up in the air. That's a random play. Two runs scored on that one. So that counted as one of their losses as opposed to a win for the team. The A's almost have are, are like a winning team against the NL Central right now. I don't, I'd have to actually add up everything. They, they might be close. It's, it's right around 500. And so if you think that the A's are bad, check out the NL Central, folks. Uh, well, I'm going to start petitioning for the A's to go to the NL Central uh, as of uh, tomorrow. Well, um, keep in mind, as of this recording, now they, for all we know, they got clobbered by Tampa Bay. They probably they, will, but I'm, but I'm flying high right now because I haven't been able to all season. But they've won five in a row. Yeah. Any team would be happy with a five-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And they did it against two teams that were either tied for first place or in first place by themselves when they faced them. And here's the deal. They took two out of three from the Pittsburgh Pirates, three out of three from the Milwaukee Brewers. If the National League Central comes down to the Pirates and the Brewers and only a couple of games separate them, they are going to look back to early to mid-June and say, remember when we were all at home facing an A's team that were conjuring up memories of the Cleveland Spiders and we couldn't win that series. How the Brewers couldn't win one damn game. I okay. tell you, people have forgotten these. 
with if it comes down to Milwaukee and Pittsburgh down to the last few weeks of the season. But you and I mm-hmm. will remember that the A's were the A's looked like the Washington Generals. They were so bad. And I they have... took two, they took two out of three from Pittsburgh, who were flying high, mm-hmm. who all the were thinking, like, oh, we got this. <laughs> and then the Brewers are like, oh man, the A's beat the Pirates. Come on now, it's our turn. And then boom, boom, and did I mention boom? And here we are. I've got two things for you. Uh, the first one is before they went out on this nine-game road trip, I said on my show the A's are going to win this road trip. They're going to go five and four on this road trip, which is insane to say. Yes, they had it is. twelve wins on the season. I said they were going to go win five and nine, and they did. I didn't think that they would sweep the Brewers, but I thought that they maybe win a game or two against Miami. They got swept by Miami, but regardless, they still did it. So. Look at my insanity paying off finally. It's because they had won two games against the, the Braves. And I was like, you know what? I'm flying high. They're gonna they're gonna start a win streak now. And, and what's oh my hold, holy crap. Uh the other thing, if you're a uh Pirates fan or a Brewers fan, don't feel too bad. Well, maybe not uh Pirates disregard them for now. Uh the Brewers maybe don't look so bad at this one because the only team to sweep the Houston Astros last year en route to their World Series championship was. 2022 Oakland Athletics. So, hey, uh, look at it as maybe a good omen for your team. I know that they, they also got swept by the Tigers, but um, hey, let's see if uh, let's see if that trend holds. Well, we're gonna see because this is uh, um, they're gonna be playing the Rays, but uh, and the Rays are are playing this season as well. They've been on the good side at the yeah. same level that the A's have been on the bad side. Uh, but yeah, at this point, uh, um, at this point, let's see. I'm going over to the the wild card situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, three games in the loss column separate the A's from the Royals. Mm-hmm. You're right. There's a chance this went from a historically horrible team to there's a worse team in baseball. It's wild how quickly it turned, too. Um, obviously, everybody's always like, oh, they're on pace to do this. I'm like, yeah, if they keep winning six games a month, it's not going to go well. But, <laughs> hey, maybe they can roll off five at one time, and then all of a sudden the trajectory is a lot higher. So that's kind of what we're looking at right now. And, obviously, Tampa Bay is a good team. Uh, they got the Phillies coming in after that. Um I don't know how this this homestand's going to go. Well, and the Phillies, the Phillies are completely unpredictable. Completely yeah, they're, they're unpredictable. Wild. I mean, there's some days they look like a minor league team, and there's some days they beat the snot out of the Dodgers. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason with this Phillies team. It, I mean, weren't they kind of like that last year too? They just kind of put it all together during the playoffs, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I was rooting for them. I I like that team. Honestly, I'm excited to go to a couple of those games. Uh, this they, coming weekend, so that'll be fun. Well, the, there's a Philadelphia A's connection, obviously. And by yeah. the way, this is a preview for an episode that's going to be coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks where your pal Sully is going to be trying to answer the question, why was it that the A's moved and not the <laughs> Phillies? The A's were the team with the great history, with the Hall of Famers and the World Series titles, and the Phillies were a mess. So why was it when teams suddenly started realizing, hey, most cities can't support two teams, and the Giants and the Dodgers left New York, and the Braves left Boston, and the Browns left St. Louis, and the 
Um, there was there was one on the one. What am I missing? Which one am I missing? Wow. Uh, well, and the White Sox almost moved several times. Yeah. Um, and and the Cubs never really were going to move, but it's weird. Um, but there was a weird series of events that happened that at that moment when teams were looking for other uh, places to live was one of the few times in history that the popularity of the Phillies overtook the popularity of the A's. And a big part of that was from the owner of the Phillies, who was the first person ever to get a lifetime suspension for gambling post-1919 White Sox. But the seeds that he planted of putting his own money behind the team led to the Phillies getting to become a pennant contender and the fact that the A's had a version of King Lear happening involving a king who would not step down and his three dumb sons trying to take over the team and a combination of King Lear and Weekend at Bernie's took place with the A's in Philadelphia, which resulted to them moving to Kansas City. That is all-time winning as manager King Lear to you, sir. That's true, but the, <laughs> but it's also should have retired in the early 1930s and managed until he was had had trouble remembering even the lineups that he was writing at the time. <laughs> the Phillies should have been the team to move, and the A's should be an institution in Philadelphia. Instead, they are vagabonds, and it's that vagabond nature that we're going to be talking about in segment three. We're here with Jason Burke of Locked On A's. Now, Jason, um, two things, that, two unpleasant things. I figured we'd start talking about winning A's teams. Yeah, because you, you know me we, we don't get a chance. <laughs> we don't get a chance to talk about that much in this year. Um, I am. I have been following this mess ever since, very closely, ever since they thought they were going to move to Fremont mm -hmm. or San Jose. I still think it's a crime that they didn't move to San Jose. I still think it's borderline collusion that the Giants have territorial rights of San Jose. That's where the A's should be playing. No offense to the East Bay, okay? And Fremont was a nice little compromise. Building a new ballpark in the, the parking lot. Howard Station. The Was it uh, what is the college that they were going to be? Mills College? What was the Laney College? Laney College. Thank you. I, I knew there was some East Bay College. I knew it wasn't Cal State Award, <laughs> but um, or Cal State East Bay, I think is what yeah. they call it now. Mm -hmm. Um, they were trying to move it all up and down, do everything but be in the, the quad at Berkeley. <laughs> they did everything but have it at the Skywalker Ranch. Oh, but, that would have been fun. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Skywalker Ranch. Think about this. It would have it look like the, the Rebel base. It would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. Uh, they did not like trespassers at Skywalker Ranch. No, that's true. Red <laughs> 5 standing by. But, um, so I've been following this pretty closely. And even I'm thoroughly confused by what's happening now. You know, I've made it clear I don't want them to move, but I've also know I'm screaming at the tides, and it looks like a move is going to happen. If they had to move, I felt a move to Portland or Nashville made more sense because I think Las Vegas is a horrible place to put a Major League Baseball team. No offense to the good folks at Locked On Vegas Knights who were guests on the show. Um, 
And they were very enthusiastic, obviously. They live in Vegas. They want to see a major league team there. I get it. I think Vegas is a horrible place to put a major league team. But what's happening now? I thought things were a done deal. With uh, with Las Vegas? You thought that it yeah. was a done deal? I mean, it's it's wild. Um, I have actually watched all of these legislative hearings and sessions. And uh, let me tell you, they're not fun. There, there are actually, uh, once you hit like the five hour mark, you start having a lot of fun because people are like, I don't want to be here. This is wild. But essentially what it looks like um, as of right now is they, they went into recess on Thursday and they did that because it doesn't seem like the A's bill, SB1 uh, at this point, uh, has the votes to pass the legislature in Las Vegas. That is that is where we left it off in on Thursday. They're working on amendments over the weekend, which could get a lot of you know enough people to yes on this bill. But there's some some good pushback on this bill. There's also some supporters of it, obviously. So um, I think it was John Ralston of the Nevada Independent. Uh, they are a nonprofit uh, news organization over there. They do great work. Uh, support them, please. But uh, he says that he he was uh, counting up eight yeses, eight noes, and then five in the middle. You need eleven <laughs> votes to uh, to pass this thing, and so we'll see if the A's actually step up and uh, do the things that they are saying that, that they're going to do, and if they will put that into the bill. That is the big question right now: is will what, they do but, that? But what is it that's causing the hangup? What is the what is the great disagreement? Is it funding? Is it the stadium? Is it is it whether or not you can import an elephant? Uh, like Stomper to Nevada. I mean, I, 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 it seems to me that like building things in Las Vegas, the rules there seem to be very loosey goosey. They had it, a pirate ship on, in there for God's sakes. It depends on uh, which legislature you are or which lawmaker you're trying to convince. Uh, some people, it's community benefits. Uh, they look at the A's current community benefits thing. They're like, oh, look, we, we donate a million dollars in tickets and other things every year. And meanwhile, Steph Curry has done that, uh, has donated $38 million in four years. So uh, the A's not doing a lot in community service. And so they're they're looking for a better package in writing from the A's. Uh, if you're looking at one person over there, they're looking for more taxes because the A's are not going to be taxed on this uh in you know other realms and so would they waive the uh the the gaming tax that they have for that the knights and for the uh for the raiders that that could be an issue there uh traffic is a concern because they did a report but they didn't like talk to clark county about it at all it has not been approved by clark county uh it they just were like here's a report we did one there now now give us our money um and there seems to be a lot of uh here here's the bill give us our money and uh, yeah. that, that's rubbing people the wrong way. And so it it seems really hard to mess things up with Las Vegas. But, I mean, it is John Fisher and Dave Cavill. I was about so. to say, if, if that, <laughs> they, they can try. They can absolutely try. I mean, these are two people who are playing in – this is a, a team that was playing in one of the absolute wealthiest parts of the country mm -hmm. uh, and one that was filled with just – Big budget technology. I mean, I worked in the tech world for a while. The, the mm -hmm. money that's flowing in the Silicon Valley in the Bay Area is unbelievable. And some combination of Cisco, Oracle, all these, all these names. It was going to be a couple of proposals were called Cisco Field. That was interesting. I was working at Cisco during one of those proposals, which I think was the one in Fremont. Mm -hmm. But the amount of corporate money you can get in the bay area is absolutely staggering and the fact that they couldn't put together some sort of a deal 
um, for, you know, luxury boxes, have it be the place where you wine and dine. I mean, like, just, you know, the, the I mean, it, it just seems so open for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're screwing up the place where you could build anything. So I here's mean, one, if you're looking for a reason to hope for this bill not passing, uh, one, I mean, the amendments, we'll see what the A's do on that. But it seems as though potentially, potentially, they're trying to wait out the governor, Joe Lombardo, uh, because there is a rule. Uh, I read the Nevada parts of the Nevada Constitution, and uh, there is a rule there where if a bill is passed by both houses uh, within the regular session, it, it has to be signed or vetoed by the governor within five days, or it becomes law. In a special session, it has to be done within 10 days. They passed the state budget in 10 days, and he has not signed that yet, as far as I know. So they are waiting until that date passes because Lombardo is a big supporter of the bill. The Democrats and everybody, uh, you know, all the lawmakers want to just go home and stop because they've already passed this budget twice. And so could they be waiting him out so that that becomes law and then they can just say no to this and he can't veto the budget for the state? That is that is an honest question. Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe it's a pipe dream because I'm hoping that John Fisher has to return to Oakland with his tail between his legs. But uh, that that is something that is potentially in play here. Is there any real possibility of the A's playing the 2024 season in Oakland? If they are, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know that John Fisher has a plan for what they're going to do if they are going to Las Vegas. Um, they, the, the lease with the Coliseum goes through t- the 2024 season. Um, so if you're going 25, 26, 27, those are the, t- the, those are the three years that you do not have a lease with any major league ballpark and you don't have a place to play. You can play at the minor league park, but is three years in the scorching sun on a field that would have to be converted to turf to handle both the triple a team and their major league team. Is that a thing that the players union is going to be okay with? Because not just A's players are going to be, you know, at risk of injury, but every team's players. Because all the teams play each other now. Why would the AAA team still be playing? Wouldn't they find like, wouldn't they put the their new AAA team in like, you know, Tucson or Spokane or some city that doesn't have a AAA team right now? Uh, that the the like so many the AAA leaders. teams have been squashed or made into yeah. independent teams over the last few years, you would think mm-hmm. that one of them would be chomping at the bit to be the AAA squad for a major league team, even the A's. I mean, the the president of the Aviators has said that they're working on that plan, the plan that, you know, uh, they would convert everything, that the lockers would be across the street, so they'd have to cross the ball you know cross the, the street in there this is it sounds, awful. It sounds um, awful so yeah there's a lot of uh t's that need to be crossed and i's that need to be dotted here, D- D- cross and dot they need to be written <laughs> they need to be written it um, is a it, they're just fumbling everything and they don't have plans and that's kind of why they're fumbling right now in las vegas unreal well tell us a little bit about the reverse boycott what what now you, you we've been talking about that in the amongst the other hosts in our little private chat that we have and also I've been reading about it but for the for the listeners who don't know about it fill them in as if they're totally blank the reverse boycott uh I mean Ace fans feel like they're always to blame because that is how the national media that is how local media has always blamed it like oh there's nobody at these games what's going on and that that narrative has started to change since 
that the owner, John Fisher, has decided that he wants to go to Vegas now. And so A's fans, before the Las Vegas news was announced, A's fans, a few days ahead of that, said, uh, hey, how about we do a reverse boycott? And we actually show them that there are fans here that do want to go to games, but the owner has done everything he can to turn people off from A's baseball, from not retaining players, from trading away fan favorites, to letting the Coliseum rot, to telling everybody that the Coliseum's a dump, to uh, what else? There's He's also been publicly and just outwardly searching for a new place to play. And uh, none of that screams, hey, come watch this cool thing that we're doing. They're not marketing this product to fans anymore. So the fans want to show that we are not the problem. And uh, the, the hope is that the Coliseum gets packed. Um, my guess is as of right now, we're looking at probably 20,000 fans, which may not seem like a lot. And I know that. But when you think about if you to buy a ticket, you have to give money to John Fisher. That is a, a big turnoff to a lot of people as he's trying to rip the team away from the city that they have called home for so long. And uh, also they're drawing uh, 3,900 fans on Tuesday nights. So if they draw 20,000, that is a, a big victory, I would say, because what's it, five, six times as many fans as they're, they're usually getting. Mm-hmm. That's a big, that's a big deal. I would say. So that is what we're, we're seeing. That's, that's the message right now. I've been on, I've said on the show before, I love going to Oakland A's games. Uh, I love, I think every baseball fan, this sounds counterintuitive because you start to list the, places that fans need to go and they'll bring up Camden Yards and Wrigley mm-hmm. Field and Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. I think you all got to go to a game in Oakland mm-hmm. because it's 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 baseball on a Bunsen burner. It has none of the the pomp, circumstance mm-hmm. and flash. It's just baseball fans. And the fans who show up there, is it 35 to 5,000 people? Yeah. Can there be a situation that two people are having sex in the upper deck because they think, <laughs> where's one place we know that no one will catch us? And they say, how about the Oakland Coliseum during an A's game? Sure. But the fans who do show up there love their team. Mm-hmm. They're not there to be seen. They're not there because it's cool. They're not there because it's trendy. And they have a tiny bit of a chip on their shoulder or a gigantic chip on their shoulder, <laughs> but it, they are pure baseball fans mm-hmm. who love their team, holding up those great signs for individual players. You see people with jerseys of the current players, but also the players who were sent away. You'll see Chapman shirts, <laughs> you'll see Cespedes, you'll see Zito, you'll see Giambi, but then you'll see Conseco, McGuire, Ricky Henderson, Dave Stewart, Carney Lansford, and you'll still see... Fingers, Blue, Reggie Jackson, uh, Gene Tennis, Raleigh Fingers, all the Catfish Hunter. They'll they'll still see those shirts everywhere. And there'll be the banjo players and the people banging the drums and waving the flags. I've yet to go to an A's game where it isn't a fun experience. And so if you're a baseball fan, whether you're participating in the boycott or not, and whether or not they're going to go, go this year. Because there's a real chance this might be their last chance to ever do that and experience that. And, and check that off your list. And your tickets are available. Yes. Especially if they get this thing passed in Las Vegas, there will be so many tickets available. This this could be, you know, A's fans' last hurrah, honestly. Yeah. And that's why uh, this date was picked. They're like, let's, let's just have a – if the bill's passed – We'll have a party. If it's not passed, we're going to show out and we're going to have a lot of fun and, you know, voice a lot of our 
displeasure with ownership and baseball in general uh, at what they're doing to this fandom right here. Um, And I I think that it's going to be a rowdy crowd. It's going to be a very, uh, there's going to be a lot of things said. It's going to be a lot of fun. So even if you're just, uh, you know, watching from afar, have, watch from afar that that's the thing because this is going to be the most oakland a's experience that i think that you can get um and if you support the cause and do whatever uh if you have an a's hat or something like that uh or you're going to a game make a sign that says sell or fisher sucks or do whatever just show your support for a's fans wherever you are and post it on social media with the hashtag oak together that's oak together and uh you know just help is all we can ask because uh, our team might be gone before too long. And that would make us all very, very sad because this is, this community is like a family to a lot of people and it's how we spend a lot of our time. And so uh, it would suck to have it just taken away because a billionaire wants more money. He's getting a better deal in Oakland, by the way, I'm just saying, but he yeah. wants to go to Vegas. And so that's, it's what. Well, look at um, whether or not they're playing in Oakland or Las Vegas. Listen to Locked On A's. Jason Burke is there. He's got an 18-month-old who has never seen the A's in the World Series in his lifetime. So. In his, his entire, I've never seen the A's. <laughs> I mean, I, I was four when they did it. I do not remember that was the year. The it's the rule of seven. It's the rule of seven. They, they don't count until you're seven. I was a senior in high school when the A's won the World Series. So, well, Jason Burke, tell people they can listen to your show. Uh, it's at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. It's on, you know... YouTube, wherever you like to hear podcasts, it's just at Locked on A's. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And uh, check out Inside the A's for more A's news insight and analysis coming your way whenever A's news happens. It's at Inside the A's. I also got a little uh, uh, way to vlog, I guess. Uh, I, I got a little portable microphone and a little steady cam, and I'm going to be capturing what I can on Tuesday for the reverse boycott. So uh, make sure to check all out right. you know all the sites. Follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter and Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And let's have our trivia question for today. The trivia question is, because we talked a little bit about Connie Mack, who had been a manager for all those years. Who is the, now you don't, don't you answer it, Jason. The first person to send me the correct answer at Sully Baseball on Twitter or on the YouTube channel. Who is the only manager to manage a team to the postseason in five different decades? Five Ooh. different decades. You know, that's the first one. Send it to me at Sully Baseball. So, talking about the Monday games and the fate of the A's, who very well may have lost by the time this is dropped, which is a rare occurrence for this year. This has been a locked on MLB, locked on A's crossover. He's Jason Burke. I'm your pal Sully. Thank you for listening.